You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are tuned into a monumental episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. Today, this episode right here, right now, marks our 50th episode of the show. We officially hit the big 5-0, and that is exactly why today we are bringing you a very powerful conversation with a very insightful and successful individual, as are all of the people that hop on the show. Today, we are joined by Uncle G, Mr. Grant Cardone himself. Now, now, listen, Grant is a New York Times bestselling author, but on top of that, he is the number one sales trainer in the world and an international speaker on leadership, real estate investing, entrepreneurship, social media, and finance. His five privately held companies have annual revenues exceeding $100 million. On top of that, Forbes recently named Grant the number one of the 25 marketing influencers to watch. Grant's straight shooting viewpoints on the economy, the middle class, and business have made him a valuable resource for media-seeking commentary and insights on real topics that matter. He regularly appears on Fox News, Fox Business, and MSNBC, and writes for Forbes, Success Magazine, Business Insider, CNBC, and Entrepreneur. He urges his followers and clients to make success their duty, responsibility, and obligation. We are really excited to bring you this conversation between Grant and I, but before we do that, I want to dedicate a brief moment to shout out a very important aspect of this show, which is our partnership with Audible. On top of being able to provide value through interviews just like this one right here today with Grant, Audible teamed up with us to deliver you the opportunity to receive a free audiobook of your choice to optimize your net time and take advantage of those in-between moments. To claim the free audiobook of your choice, again, this is your choice, it is quite simple. All you have to do is go over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success. And now, without further ado, here's my man, Grant Cardone. Grant, or I should call you the money bunny rabbit as you just referred to yourself, man. Hippity hop, hippity hop. You where I got it. <laughs> just show me the grass. I love it, man. I am so grateful for you taking the time out of your day to hop on here. So thank you for hopping on. Oh, dude, I love this idea of decoding. You know, I like the idea because I'm a coder. Like I'm a coder. Not, not, not a technology coder, but I've always been interested in figuring out dude, there's got to be a way to do this thing, right? A hundred percent. I look to my neighbors, my uncles, uh, my brothers. I think we all are looking for through other people, you know, the, the, how to decode, how to, the, the, the mystery lock. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's exactly why I have individuals just like yourself hopping on here. Because listen, I aspire to be where you're at, right? Like I, I want to be my version of Grant Cardone, right? I don't want to be Grant Cardone. I don't. I want to be Matt Labrie. Yeah, but there you go. That's exactly why I have people like you hopping on here. So again, I'm grateful. And Grant, listen, I always kick this show off with no BS, no fluff. I just hop right into shit. First question right off the bat for you: How do you personally define success? It changes. I mean, you know, the definition, this is the definition that like just keeps moving. And I know everybody's like, Hey, when's enough enough? You know, you got the, you got the plane now and you got, you know, you live in the big the condo in the sky and you got the, the businesses and blah, blah, blah. But, um, dude, it just keeps changing, man. When you find out what you're capable of, you know, when you're a little kid and 
you know, you're just interested in playing a little game on your hands. And then you grow up one day and you're like, whoa, man, I could, I could actually be in a real game. And the outcomes could be really, really cool. So the game just keeps changing. I remember my, my first apartment deal was I bought one, one piece of property, 1113 Sheffield, Bel Air, Texas, a little cedar wood shake house, uh, cedar shake house on the outside. And it was $78,000. I was terrified, dude. I was like freaking out. I was so tripped out at that time. I put $3,000 down, maybe $5,000 down in that house. When I went to the bank, I had never done a loan application. The, my my uh, financials were on the front and the back page. I would double print to save paper. That's how scared, that's how I did, how much I didn't understand about anything. Yeah. That I thought if I double printed, you know, use both sides of paper, that I would actually save enough money that one day I would have something. And, sure. you know, that was, that was uh, 30, uh, 28 years ago, I bought that house. Uh, we closed $400 million worth of real estate last year. And uh, it was only like four deals. It was like four and a half deals, maybe. So, you know, it changes, man. Success, for me, success is when I discover a new potential, you know, a new thing that I can do, a new possibility. Uh, and, and I, I think, I think most people that are listening to this are going to find that to be true. You know, the Gronk, Gronk, uh, retired this weekend from the NFL. He's going to have to find a new Gronk. And as, as you go from 15 years old to 20, you're going to have to find a new you. And, and then 20 to 25 and 30, when you get married, you got kids, all, it just keeps changing. I mean, I'm just, I'm in search of my potential right now. Like what else can I do? I love that. Now, it's safe to say that process of being in search of your potential is definitely uncomfortable at times, right? So how do you find yourself dealing with that feeling of uncomfortableness? I saw that you just put out a video on Instagram recently about, or, you know, you compared growth and the uncomfortable feeling of growth to a tree's roots breaking through the concrete, right? Yeah. I could not agree more, you know, more with that because I'm personally feeling super uncomfortable right now. Like I just went through a trip from hell because I just put myself through this burden, uh, not even a burden. It was something I wanted to do. Grant, I, I want to speak a hundred times in 2019. I've mm. spoke 25 times already, right? So I want to speak a hundred times and I want to speak in 48 states. I was just in Florida. I was in uh, North Dakota and Fargo, North Dakota. And I actually had to cancel Houston, Texas because I felt so fucking uncomfortable. Like wow. to the point, I, I just, like, I just felt it and I, it pushed me back. Right. Yeah. So what, what, what happened to you in Fargo, man? You want to know what grant? I'm going to keep it real. I flew from New York city to Chicago, which was fine. Chicago. I was stuck for the night and Chicago is not a bad, bad place to be stuck. Right. Chicago is pretty beautiful. I'm in Chicago. They can't get me to Fargo direct. So I fly to Minneapolis. From Minneapolis, I freaking drive four hours. And I'm doing this by myself, right? I don't have a road manager. I'm not at that point in my life where I have yeah. that team, you know? Yeah, of course. So I, I don't know, man. It was that feeling of stress, uncertainty of what's going to be on that road, a road I've never really traveled before, both, you know, mentally and physically. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, 
that that's what it was, man. And it just added up and man, anxiety, worry, fear, like all of yeah, that. Just dude, Look, look, here's the deal, man. You can't, bro. You just gotta like, it, there's, it's not going to go away. I had a guy in here today. He, he runs a, he runs a, he makes a million dollars a year. He's done Tony. He told me this year he's done Tony. He's had Tony as a coach, uh, had a meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk, another guy in the commercial space, a commercial real estate space and, and me. Okay. He's hired me. He meets with me every month now for 12 months. And I'm like, bro, you got to pick. I mean, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but Tony's going to tell you to have a state change. I, I'm not saying any of these people are right or wrong, by the way. I, I, know, I only know what's right for me. So this is not, this is not a jab at anybody except I, I only know what I have been able to do. Right. So, Fear has never gone away for me. Cold plunges. Uh, dude, I've tried it all. Bro, enemas, essential oils, meditation, prayer. I mean, I would, pr I would pray to Allah, Jesus, and Muhammad, <laughs> and, and, and Jehovah. Dude, I mean, and, and to the, I would pray to the uh, the lava god if I thought it would make fear go away. It, it ain't going any place, bro, because you just need to lean into it, man. You need to lean into the fear. There's so much jet fuel in fear. So you can't cancel a deal ever again, ever, for any reason. Yeah. Never. You got, you got to like, you, you know, you want to keep it real. You cannot say no to a deal ever, particularly in the beginning stages, no matter what, no matter how. I remember a guy told me when I was 26 years old, I was going through a really rough time in my life, 26, 27 years old. He's like, you need to show up even if your eyes are bleeding. I have employed that idea for 35 years now. No matter how I feel, I show up. I, I try to say yes. I bet you I say yes to 98% of the things that people bring to me. I show up like 99.9% .9 of the time. When I show up, I try to show up at another level. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story. On 9-11, I was in Indianapolis. And I had, I know, I, I was probably 40. Let me see, 9-11, when was that? 2001. So I guess I was 16. I was... 45 years old, 46 years old. I had a career. I was making money, dude. I didn't have a road manager either, by the way. <laughs> and freaking 9-11 happened. I was in a room speaking to a room about 200, 300 people. First of all, I had to keep in Indianapolis, middle of the country. Country went into shock. I had to keep 250 people in a room. Because if they didn't, if everybody left at 930 in the morning, when everybody saw it going down, I was going to, have to give refunds to everybody. Okay, now everybody's like, oh, God damn, you're just thinking about yourself at 9-11? Yeah, uh-huh, that's right. Okay, because I couldn't do anything about 9-11. I, I didn't know how to get bin Laden. I didn't know what was happening. Okay, I wasn't part of the government. I needed to keep 200 people in a room. Otherwise, I was going to, have to give 200 refunds. It was going to be like $75,000 I didn't have. The next day, I had another gig in Toronto, man. Okay? I finished that day. I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I finished that day. Find out when 9-11 was. What day of the week? And uh, finished that day. Bro, the whole country had been shut down. Okay? Yeah, it was Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday, I had to be in Toronto. But, look, 
the Canadians would not have blamed me for not showing up after 9-11. Yeah. Airlines were shut down. Like, there was no way to move around. I got in my car, bro. I rented a car, and I drove to Toronto, and I did that gig. Damn. Because no matter what, bro, like, if somebody says, you got to come, you got to come. No, I agree. Because Houston's going to haunt you until you fix it. Because now, now you're carrying that around with you, bro. The liability of knowing you canceled Houston. A hundred percent. I feel it, man. I feel it. I'm not trying oh, yeah. to live in the best. Yeah, so you got to call those guys up and say, dude, what can I do to fix that? What, can I, what charity? What prop? What, how can I solve your problem? Like, you got to make that go away in your own mind. Like, literally do whatever you got to do to, to make that thing go away. Because I know it's going to kill you if you don't. Yeah. Now, we're kind of touching on this subject. So I'm curious, you know, I've heard you talk in the past about um, viewing your challenges as fuel. So, so yeah, let me just go back because your question was, how do you deal with discomfort, right? Yeah. Do you you got you to be like, I need to be uncomfortable all the time. Uh, there was a period in my life where I became so comfortable in what I was doing and I hated myself. I was showing up at gigs. You could put a quarter in me. I could be unconscious one second and the next minute. Because I was just doing the same thing over and over again. And, and I wasn't there. And, and I was comfortable. I was so comfortable, I was no longer alive. And, uh, you know, that happened to me in high school. I got so comfortable. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to do drugs and go to school. Because it was easy for me. Uh, my friends were comfortable. Uh, then, then, then I made a little bit of money and I got comfortable. Like, don't get comfortable. Uh, one of the things I like about Damon's book, uh, Broke, you know, The Power of Broke, is The yeah. Power of Broke is really talking about stay uncomfortable to where, to where you're forced to do stuff. Like, I'm forced to do stuff that Damon John doesn't have to do because he's got ABC doing it for him. See, I got to go out. I got to go out. And, I got to go out and punch. I got to go freaking like kick walls down. He can make a phone call, Damon John. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? I love Damon, right? But 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 just stay uncomfortable, dude. That's that that way you'll you you grow more when you're uncomfortable. And that's that that image of the tree that we've all seen breaking through concrete. We're like, whoa. How's yeah. that possible? Now sorry to interrupt you. No, not at all. You're not interrupting me. Listen, we're talking. Uh question, you know, like do you ever feel like well or from your personal experience of being uncomfortable, do you ever feel like your performance is off? You know, because this Thursday I got back, you know, a speaking gig here in New York City and I'm talking only for one hour, you know, one hour I'm talking. I just feel like I'm so off. Granted, everything's rolling. I could just be my own worst critic. But, you know, my question is, do you ever feel like you perform to a lesser value when you're uncomfortable? Yeah, but, but it's still better than not showing up. That's true. I mean, you got no chance of being great if you don't show up, man. Yeah. So, and nobody else will know you, you know. So it's just, look, one thing that I've done in my life that's really benefited me is that I have never, uh, I have never sought perfection. I have never sought to be perfect. Um, I am, I, 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 I remember I was doing, I was involved in this men's movement when I was, like 30, let's see, maybe, yeah, 30, late 30s. 
And there was a lot of, lot of it, was, it was kind of a weird thing, dude, but I was all into it. It was a lot of fun. We'd do these weekends, go out into the woods and bang on drums and talk about our father issues and, and, and read poetry to one another. And, you know, it was, it was, it was crazy. <laughs> but but uh, a, a lot of psychology, a lot of guys, you know, they would tell you what was wrong with you. And it, it was interesting, right? It was introspective and, and – um, but but there, I remember this guy that was really into the in Native American thing. Uh, what was his name? Walter. Walter was an artist, and he was deeply involved in um, all the Indian stuff, like particularly that big the big killing uh, of the Indians. I forget what that was. There was a massacre at it big knee. It wounded me. It wound, wounded me. He did all this art on wounded knee. Actually, made a piece for me. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this, dude. So check it out. He told me that the Native American Indian, the chiefs would say, when they, were, when they do, would do blankets and stuff, they would always put an imperfection in the blanket <laughs> to remind themselves they weren't God. And I'm like, dude, that's some good shit right there, dog. <laughs> and he's like, what, 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 why would you get out of that? I said, I don't have to be perfect anymore. So from then on, man, I, I must have been, yeah, 30, late 30s. Keep in mind where I was in my deal. I, nobody knows me. I'm just starting. I had some ideas about some industries that I was doing some stuff in. I was starting to write not books, but training manuals and educational. This is way before the internet, right? Uh, workbooks and manuals and, and curriculums that I would go sell to companies. Dude, I, I decided that day I never have to do a perfect one again. That has made me, promise you, that has made me hundreds of millions of dollars Yeah, saying, I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to get to the market faster than anybody else. And, and so look, I go there with my imperfections. You know, I, my first book that I wrote, seller be sold had hundreds of misspelled words. And, and, and some guy called me one day. He's like, Hey man, you got misspelled words all over the book. I said, dude, do you know about the native American <laughs> our Indian forefathers, man, this is, I'm paying respect and homage to the great gods. By letting them know I'm not a god. Every page has got a misspelled word, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great stuff. Now, yeah. you know, that, that brings me to that, to that question I just asked, you know, like, how do you find yourself viewing those challenges as fuel? You know, like the, it, we're all going to go through challenging times where we're fucking humans, right? But life isn't always just peaches and cream. So how, how do you flip that switch in your mind to, to really view it as something that you could use to your advantage? Well, like peaches and cream, dude, do you even like peaches and cream? Hell no. I like peaches. Cream you, I could do without. Do you have any peaches in your refrigerator right now? Probably not. I got strawberries, blueberries. That's about it. Exactly. You don't even like peaches, man. You pass them up in the grocery store. <laughs> so, so a lot of this stuff, like, like, I don't even think we believe that, like, we just, we just hear these things, you know, that, that look, bro, none of it's comfortable, but I, but I have my own plane. Is the plane comfortable? It's pretty comfortable. It ain't All perfect. Right. <laughs> it ain't perfect. It ain't perfect. But I got to tell you, dude, when I get on that thing, I'm like, this is worth every goddamn uncomfortable thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Okay. 
when 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 they when they fill that thing up, bro, and, and I can take my family to London without checking through TSA, and I'm packing a Glock, <laughs> right? And, and, and I don't have to worry about anything. When when I leave London, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to go home. I want to go to I want to go to Sicily tonight. I got to tell you, that has been worth every uncomfortable thing I ever have done in my entire life. Yeah. And so, so this is, this is what I would just tell people. If you read the 10 X rule, it's about, some people are going to hear that and say, I don't need all that. Well, of course you don't. Dude, nobody needs that. But once you have it, you're going to be like, you know what? That was worth it. Nobody needs it. Okay. I don't need a jet. I don't need to decide I'm going to leave London and fly to Sicily. Hell man, I could probably just stay at my house every day if I wanted to. You know, For what sure. I need is oxygen. I need love. I need, you know, food. I need water. All this other stuff is just extra. But if, but if, if that is possible. So the payoff's got to be big enough, man. Yeah. See, see, I think your question, a better question that you would ask here is, dude, how big's the payoff got to be to make the uncomfortable not matter. For sure. Now, I didn't know this. I didn't have anybody telling me this when I was 25 or 30 years old. I should have been going bigger, so much bigger early on. Okay? You, you, you Matt, are capable of so much more than you're thinking about. So, 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 so d- dude, what I would do is I would realign the goals. I would start thinking about, okay, I want to do 100 gigs this year. I've already done 25. I want to be in 48 states. How about this? You want to do 180 countries. And, you know, you, you see what I'm saying, dude? Just because, bro, the, the, you, you will achieve the goals you have already. Houston will become a non-issue. You will achieve all those goals. And then you're going to look up and say, wow, that, 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 was, not, that was nothing. Yeah. Every kid goes through this man, I want to ride this bicycle. I want to get really good at this bicycle. Like, like, Oh my God, like you're in a spaceship. Okay. And then, and then when he's 15, I want to learn to drive a car. He, he throws the bike down in the garage. Doesn't even put it, put the kickstand down, just tosses it. You see what I'm saying? The goals, as we set our goals, we can't see big enough to say, Oh dude, I don't want to ride a bicycle. I want to build a spaceship. So you can do any of that, bro. The, the, the payoff's got to be bigger than the, 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 the discomfort. For sure. Now, how do we, you know, I, I would love to focus on that payoff, right? And that big picture all the time, right? Yeah. But living too much in the future does cause, you know, some anxiety and shit like that, right? So how do you find that equal balance of being present with yeah. also keeping that in mind? So, so what I do, and me and Damon have had some arguments about this, is I write my goals down. I write my goals down every day, my future goals down in present time. So I, like I don't, that. like, I, I see a lot of people do this, you know. I, I am rich, whatever, right? And, and they put this on their phone and they look at it. Dude, you're looking at something that was done yesterday or the day before, the day before. That's not present time, okay? Present would be, I'm going to rewrite it again today as the new me. Yeah. Right. I, I am married with two, two beautiful children. I wrote that down a thousand times before I ever found my wife. I wrote it down every day. I wake up in the morning, write it down, write it down again at night, write it down in the morning, write it down at night, write it down in the morning, write it down at night. 
Okay. Uh, I wrote down, Hey, I'm worth a hundred million dollars. I must've written that down. I, I bet you I wrote that down 10,000 times. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do with the hundred. I just, I just thought, man, if I could get to a hundred, you know, I'd have some choices. The jet was never on there. Living in Miami was never on there. You know, uh, so some of the specifics were never on there. The timing was never on there. I know some people say, look, a goal without a time is just uh, something, else, some, some sweet saying. I've never had a date on any of my targets. Yeah. Uh, but I wrote them down in the morning. I wrote them down at night. So I'm living in the future, right? I'm, 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 I'm writing my future down, but I'm going to work every day, making a phone call so I can pay my bills. I love it. So that everybody understands, like, guys, I grew up with nothing. Like I was 25 years old. I had no money. I was 40 grand in debt. More importantly, I had no respect from the community where I lived. Okay. People knew me and what they knew about me was not good. So I had a lot of liabilities. I was the black sheep of my family and I was not trusted by my little, the little town I lived in. So I had to overcome all that. But, 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 but I knew that I couldn't overcome that in a day. You can't fuck your life up for 10 years and think that in a, in a, in a month, everybody's going to trust you. So what I did, did, I just put my head down. I made amends with everybody I could. Everybody that would forgive me, did forgive me. Everybody that thought I was a punk and a hoodlum and all that. They just kept thinking that. And I put my head down and I started creating a new me every day. And I did that by showing up every day, being uncomfortable every day and getting my finances right. The first thing I fixed in my life was my money. And, and I see a lot of people trying to fix, I, I, I tried the other way. I tried to fix my life and not worry about the money. I had, money was something I could measure. I either had it or I didn't have it. Yeah. And, and the marketplace, it's like a thermometer, dude. Like, like, I don't, I don't know if global warming's real or not. I know this, when I go out and, 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 and I engage someone and I convince them to give me money for something I did for them or promised to do for them, that, that I, can, I can read the thermometer. I know for sure something's happening. And, and that's the only thing I really trust, you know? It's like, did something happen or not? Not my feelings. My feelings have misled me. Your feelings misled you uh, when you left Fargo. 100%. 100%, dude. Yeah. See, if there'd have been a million dollars there, you'd have shown up, dog. Hell yeah, I was showing up for that. You, you'd have had to, bro, because you, you money, you, you followed the money. We all follow the money. If, if, the, if the hook is big enough over there, if, if it had been a hundred million, you'd have walked on glass. I would have walked barefoot, 100%. Exactly, dude. You'd have said, hey, drag me behind a truck. Let's roll. (laughs) I agree, man. I agree. I definitely agree. Now, you know, we're talking 10X here. We're talking stuff like that. So if someone's listening right now and they feel like they, you know, they want to live that 10X lifestyle, right? But they feel like the goals and the dreams they have are as big as they can get. Would you give them any advice to get past that limiting belief to, to get bigger? Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I I think a lot of people don't, don't confuse the 10 X lifestyle with the, with, 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 with the Lamborghini lifestyle. Okay. Sure. 10, 10 X people are, they're workers, man. And, 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 and they're, 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 it's a big thing. Uh, A Google, for instance, uh, I got a message from Google last Friday. I think it was guy wrote me. He's like, dude, the internal internal at Google is discussing 10 X right now. The top people at Google headquarters, they're discussing how they can use 10X right now. So these are big thinkers. These aren't, 
but they're big doers, bro. They put their money where their mouth is. They buy big campuses, big investments. Like it's not just, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drive a Lamborghini and I'm going to be a big shot. They're not fakes, dude. 10 X people are real people. So the limiting belief things is look, look, it's never about material stuff. The guys that I know that kill it, they're not going for the yacht. You know, they're not, they're going for something. That's just part of it, right? Nobody really goes for the yacht kill. I mean, the real guys don't go for the yacht kill. What they're going for is something else. And then they look up one day and say, dude, we got, I got a couple hundred million sitting around here. Let's just go ahead and blow it on a yacht. Because none of it about, about it makes sense at that point. Yeah. So <clears throat> 10X is about work, but, but the 1X is about nothing. You know? For to just sure. get by. That's what people need to fear. The, the middle class, the middle class trap is what people should fear. Not poverty. Poverty is not what you should fear. And, and wealthy is not what you should fear. What you should fear is everything in between. It's like purgatory for the Catholics. No, I, I get it. I definitely get it. <laughs> I definitely get it. No, it makes sense. It all makes sense. Now, first of all, I'm going to cut this out, but how much time do you have? I don't want to run. If you have any more meetings, I don't want to. No, no, go, go ahead. I, I got maybe another 10 minutes. All right, cool, cool, cool. So talking 10X, talking all this stuff, you know, we need to be committed, right, to, to the work, right? We need to be 100% all in. Do you feel that it's possible to be committed to 100% to more than one thing at a time? Oh, yeah, sure. Doesn't mean you'll be any good at it, though. True. You know. True. I mean, I've never been able to do that very successfully. I've tried it with a lot of different stuff, too. So, uh, I mean, try, try, try to commit to two ways at the same time. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to probably miss them both. So I've never been able to do that. I hear guys talk about running two and three things and I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I mean, it, I've just never been able to do it. I know some guys can juggle. Most of them are magicians that never make any money. Looks good on stage, you know? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> That's good. That's nice entertainment. But I mean, I, after a little while, everybody's tired of him. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I asked just because a lot of individuals hop on the show and they're like, you need, you need to be all in. The only reason I bring it up, cause you have 10 X there. I'm, I remember in one of the last chapters of 10 X, you talk about, you know, just taking the leap of faith, right? Both feet, not, not testing the water, be a hundred percent committed. That's exactly why I brought that up. And, um, a lot of people yeah. that hop on the show are just like, you, you got to be a hundred percent all in on one thing, you know? So well, yeah, until the one thing gets going though, you see, you need to get one thing, scale that thing until it's like, okay, that thing's working. And then you add a second thing. Yeah. Right. When you add the second thing, by the way, when you put your attention on the second thing, the first thing should, should keep going. Okay. If you put your attention on the second thing, you move to too soon. So when I put my attention on my second business, first of all, I did a partnership with the second guy and gave a majority of the company away so he could run the second thing. So I had one thing and a quarter. Yep. But most people think, oh, I got to own 100% of everything. No, you don't, man. The way to scale, the easiest way to scale is to get great at this one thing. The easiest, simplest way to scale. Warren Buffett talks about this, by the way. He's like, the easiest way to get a second flow of income is to buy it. 
It's not to go, it's not to go start a company or learn another craft. Get great at this one job. This one thing you're doing over here, whatever that thing is, get great at it. It should be paying a surplus of money. If you're great at it, it should be paying your surpluses. Then take the surplus and simply buy second flow. That second flow should be uh, uh, indestructible, uninterruptible, and consistent, and it should pay you even if this one got squashed. They, they really shouldn't be related to one another. 100%. So, so dude, the, the, the way to surf two waves at one time is like, you know, to get really good at this wave and then to buy, to buy, you know, pay somebody to surf the second wave. Yeah. This is what the wealthy people do. Wealthy, wealthy people buy. They buy waves and flows. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett doesn't start companies. He buys companies that are in place already. He's like, boom, I'll buy that. He buys flows, right? So, see, the rest of it's the entrepreneurial world. There's this whole industry of entrepreneurs now. It's a forest industry. It, it, it's basically an industry of illusion and, and it's manufactured ideas. Everybody wants to be a, an entrepreneur now. I have never wanted to be an entrepreneur. All I ever wanted to be was a business guy that made money, that delivered a great product to the marketplace and people paid me and then I made a profit. To me, it, was, it would be respectable to, make, to be a profitable business as opposed to a losing business. For sure. I have never, ever, until the last two or three years, I never used the word entrepreneur until I realized I should use it as a hashtag on Instagram. <laughs> Before that, I had never even, like, never even, I think I heard the word a couple times in California, and I thought, oh, you must be unemployed. Because <laughs> the guy would say, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, oh, he, I, told, I told the girl I was dating, I said, he's out of work. <laughs> I, I had never, I said, it must mean he's out of work. Cause, cause otherwise he'd say, I own a laundromat. Yeah. Right. So anyway, a lot in that answer. I, ho I hope I didn't offend anybody, but. No, it's the truth, man. Listen, sometimes what, the truth hurts. What's the business dude. I mean, like a, a drug dealer doesn't say he's an entrepreneur. He's like, Oh dude, I'm a drug dealer. Yeah. You know, let me show you what I got. <laughs> the rapper doesn't say I'm an entrepreneur. The rapper says what? Dude, I'm a rapper. Yeah. Now, when he tries to start transitioning to the next thing, and he's not sure what he is yet, maybe he gives himself this name, entrepreneur. But what I always wanted to be was a, 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 guy, a guy in business that, that hired people, scaled. A lot of, I wanted to hire a lot of people. I got 129 employees. I'd like to have 12,000 employees. That would be more respectable to me than having 129. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. Now, uh, I want to respect your time, but I'd love to squeeze a couple more questions out of you. The first one, I always ask these two questions to end the show. If, or actually, let me start here. What was a piece of advice that you were given that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true over time? Uh, good, good. That's a good question, man. No, I've That's never nice been asked question. that question before. Question, uh, no, something I was told. That you didn't want to hear, but yeah, it proved yeah. to be true over time. Well, man, there's been, there was this guy, I was selling cars. I was 23, 24 years old. I was fucked up, dude. I was doing drugs every 40 minutes. I don't think I could go a whole hour without doing a drug. It was Damn. terrible, bro. Like 18 times a day, 
I'm consuming something. I was a mess. I weighed 130 pounds. I weigh 176 today, you know? So I'm 40 pounds lighter. Just imagine what I look like. Gray. So this guy, this guy, he, he was trying to buy, he was buying a car from me. I think he was buying like a, a Celica. Remember the little two-door Celica? Toyota Celica. And, um, or maybe it was a truck. I don't know. He's, I can see him right now. I think his name was Ted or something. This is 35, 40 years ago. And um, he looked at me and says, what are you doing, son? And he didn't say anything else. I, I don't know if I went unconscious, blacked out or whatever. That's all he just, what are you doing? And then he looked at me and says, when are you going to get it together, man? And then he said this, Do you, you can, you, you're, you're better than this. Never said anything about the drugs. Didn't say I was a drug addict. Didn't, didn't talk about my price was too high. It was weird, bro. It was like an intervention from God or something. It was yeah. like somebody sent somebody like an angel. The next time I would get a piece of advice was in a hospital after I'd been beat up. I had, I had, I had uh, 69 stitches put in my head and face. I got, I got stitches. I mean, Johnny, maybe you can tighten it up. But you're, you're on the little thing right here. Anyway, there's, there, there, when you get close to me, you can see all these scars over my eyes, like one over my mouth, uh, one between my eyes. You see them, Johnny? Can you see them? Okay. Anyway, uh, on this side of the head, I think there's one little dip over here. But inside, on the top of my head, bro, it's just track. And um, I was in the hospital, and the doctor's like, son, you know you're a drug addict, huh? Now, they didn't know. I mean, the doctor knew. And um, I didn't want to hear that, man. I said, no, man, I got this. I got this, right? Now, I had been beat up because of drugs and had to be put in the hospital. I was in the hospital for three days. Swore, I'm done. Okay, checked in like Wednesday night, 1130 at night. And... um I'm done, dude. I'm done. I wake up the next morning. I'm doing drugs by 7.30 in the next morning, dude. The only thing that kept me from doing drugs between 11.30 and 7.30 was because I was sleeping. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that, man. Yeah. Damn, that's, that's tough. But look at you now, man. Look at me now, man. Now, you know, the other things I've heard that are true, but you're cocky, you're arrogant, you don't know how to communicate. Good. All, the, all that's true, by the way. You know, if your pitch, if your presentation was different, you know, if you just, if you just, uh, if you just thought about your audience more and, and, and spent more time connecting with people, you would be so much more respected in your space. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, dude. You know, I try to do it, but I can't, I just don't last very long. No, you're authentic, man. You're authentic. That's what draws people to you. You know, like I, I wouldn't I don't think so. I think, I think that that probably pushes more people away from me than draws people to me, but you know, whatever. Listen, you, you can't be I'm fake. I'm back to the blanket, dude. I'm back to that blanket. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, I want to respect your time, Grant. I, I would ask you where people could find you on social media, but everyone knows where to find you on social. Dude, so I just, you know, I, but, but look, if you guys know where I'm at on social, look, if you're following me on YouTube and you hadn't subscribed to the channel, hey, do that for me. And then when I do a show, we do a live show on YouTube every day. Comment on, on the show. Like, I like to see people's comments. So just because you might know I'm bopping around here or there, 
make sure you follow the channel, whatever the channel is like on Instagram. I'd, I'd love for more people to turn their notifications on comment. I actually look at those feeds. I don't hire people to look at them for me. I look at them LinkedIn. I'm extremely active on LinkedIn and I like engaging with people. Um, and, and you know, I might miss a couple of days, but I, I will see you in there if you're showing up. So now you're just at Grant Cardone everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We try to stay with the simple thing. I love it. I love it. Listen, what's going on with the next uh, growth conference? You got any news on that? You're going 10x, 350,000 this time? Dude, we going big, dog. We going big, man. We I going love big. It. You, you, you know, your little man there, your little man over you, your left shoulder right there, the little devil. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he's like, hey, first time he met me, there was 2,200 people in the room. First time Damon John did a deal with me, it was 2,215 people in the room. He walked in, he's like, God damn, dude, you a good salesman. <laughs> I said, what you talking about, man? What you talking about, little man? And you know the whole story about how I hooked up with him? Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Yeah, so so I couldn't get Damon to call me. I couldn't get, you know, everybody wants something from these guys, right? So anyway, he, he, I got him to agree to do the gig. He came and did the gig. He's like, man, there's a lot of people here, man. God dang, man, how you do this, little man? I said, you're the little man. <laughs> and, and so I said, the next one I do is going to be bigger. The next one, I said, the next one you're at, bro, it's going to be bigger. It was 10,000 people the next one, then 34,000 at this last one. So uh, on his birthday, he came. So he's, he's a cool dude, man. He's the man. He's the man. I love it. I love it. Grant, thank you so much for hopping on here. I truly appreciate it. All the insight, all the value. I'm grateful. Thank you again, man. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, hey, get over Houston as fast as you can. (laughs) I'm going to try. I'm trying. Thank you again. Thanks. And there you have it. Episode 50 of the Decoding Success Podcast with my guy, Uncle G, Grant Cardone. Listen, if you are pursuing your dreams, if you are pursuing your passions, if you're chasing after those goals, getting after those goals, however you want to refer to it, you are going to feel uncomfortable. You are going to face fears of the unknowns, of the uncertainties, of not knowing what's around the corner. That's something you've never done before, you know, traveling down that road that you literally don't know what's down it listen as grant said step into fear lean into it it's something that i've definitely been practicing since we recorded this episode because it really meant a lot for grant to share that with me you you see a guy like grant talking about that and you could take it one way or the other you could say oh well he's successful or he's rich he's this he's that listen he, he started somewhere. He started somewhere. And that's exactly why I'm so grateful that he shared that. And all I'm going to say is the stuff that you hear on podcasts, the stuff that you read in books, the stuff that you get in courses that you take online, you have to apply it. It's one thing to listen to it and to acquire the information. It's another thing to apply it. And the term that I like to use is mentally fat. You can literally become mentally out of shape or mentally fat, however you want to put it. And what that means is you acquire so much information and you take no action, just like you take in so much food and take no action with what you're consuming, look what happens, right? It's the same thing mentally. So when you listen to this episode, when you listen to any episodes, when you listen to any podcast, what I really want you to do is apply the stuff to your life. And I'm telling you from my experience, ever since this conversation and conversations I've had with mentors and just the experiences of life after the situations talked about here, 
I stepped into fear, I leaned into it, and what happens is fear starts to actually back down. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because this is one of the most important things, I guess you can say, that really stood out to me on this episode. It's just like, step into fear, lean into it, and watch what really happens after that. When you start pushing against fear, when you start showing fear that you're still showing up, even like Grant said, when your eyes are bleeding, you still show up no matter how uncomfortable you feel, no matter how scared or worried or uh, how much anxiety you have, you still show up, fear starts to back down. Fear starts to shrink and you start to grow. So I definitely wanted to mention that. That is an amazing, amazing point that Grant brought up and it's probably the thing that stood out to me the most in this episode with all of the value and insights that he's provided. So what I'm gonna say now is make sure you're connecting with him. If you can get him on social media, it is like having a digital mentor. Grant is putting out content left and right, amazing content at that. He's on YouTube, he's on podcast, he's on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. He's on literally everything. He actually just announced his next growth conference taking place in Las Vegas. It's something that I highly suggest you check out. He brings out the best of the best and he's there himself on top of it. Just amazing opportunities all around. He's crushing the game. So I highly suggest you check him out. You stay in touch with him. You attend the things he's doing. You purchase his courses. Listen, if if you want to grow, if you want to be the person you really dream of being, this is a great place to start start. So make sure you connect with Grant. And listen, I definitely want to say I'm grateful for the fact that you tuned into this episode, episode 50. That is a huge milestone for us. And I'm glad it was a very meaningful episode in in this sense too. So with that said, if you can, and I know you can, I have to charge you a fee. Today, that fee is to share this episode, share episode 50, share our episode with Uncle G to the people that you talk with, the people that are in your circle, the people that you mastermind with, the people that you see in your office every day. Let them know why you're sharing it and say, listen, I'm sharing this with you because it's an act of gratitude. I wanna pass on this knowledge and watch how grateful they are for your act of gratitude. And it becomes a chain reaction. That compound effect is so magical and so meaningful and so just powerful. So I highly suggest doing that. And if you can, and again, I know you can, I would love for you to rate this show five stars, leave a review. They mean the world to us. They help us get individuals like Grant on this show. So that would mean the absolute world to me. As always, feel free to reach out to me on social at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S on Twitter and Instagram. I know I'm connected with so many of you. I love to see that you post the screenshots of you listening to the show on your stories. It's so dope to see that. It's so humbling to see that. It's makes It makes me feel grateful to know that people are consuming the wisdom and the knowledge and the insights and the experiences from all the individuals that we're bringing on this show. It, it's the best feeling in the world. So I really, really appreciate that. I'll shout you out too if you do that. I put a lot of people on my stories. I pretty much put everyone on my stories when they do that. So I highly suggest connecting with me. Let's stay in touch. And as always, be blessed. Peace.